so Richard, I, I watched your campaign video, right? <laughs> so <clears throat> I think the obvious question is working class roots. That <laughs> seems to be the, the party line at the minute. Um, is it is it just a, a soundbite? Um, I'm not sure it's a party line and it's certainly not the soundbite. When we were thinking about uh, the narrative, uh, both visual um, and the words to go along with the video, uh, we we wanted to get across uh, the journey I've been on personally rather than politically. And uh, the view was that the best place to start is yeah, yeah. where my life started. And um, and that journey tells, you know, that story uh, reflects the journey I've been on personally mm -hmm. uh, and, then, and then professionally. So certainly not a party line, but I think the important part of that narrative about the start of my life and where I came from, uh, well, that is very important because my politics, yeah, come from that place, yeah, yeah. and um, and my views on uh, the need for social justice, fairness, equality of opportunity, um, and ensuring that people from all backgrounds have the best opportunities available to make the success of their lives comes from that place, yeah, and the place I came from was ridden by inequality, uh, social injustice and unfairness. Mm -hmm. And um, and very, very few opportunity opportunities were available from people from my background. And indeed, Labour's uh, current um, Shadow Chief Secretary to the Treasury, Darren Jones, who was the MP in the part of Bristol I came, back, came from, went to the same secondary school as myself. And on a recent interview in The Spectator, he talked about that school being... Now, not one of the worst in Bristol, but one of the worst in the country. So mm, um, okay. so that bit about that narrative about my background was really part of telling the story about yourself and um, and not trying to do it in a really you know, overt way, but um, it is, it's very important. Well, it's important my, to my, mention, yeah, absolutely, yeah, because yeah, that, that's the thing that people are so, um, so certainly in, in this region, right? Mm -hmm. the, the, the thing that people are most disgruntled by is that, politicians seem to be in a league of their own and we're never going to bump into them and you know we're, we're not those people and so that why are they talking for us so i think yeah that, that makes a lot of sense as to why yeah, that's yeah, the, yeah. the narrative and, that was in the narrative. and my mum still lives in that place i still have friends yeah in that place i grew up on and as i said it informs you know uh my views about how we want to do better for young people all of our people in this region and and why um, those with most disadvantage need we need to invest in them to make and help ensure they make the most of yeah. the opportunities available to them. So fair, fair, that's fair. I appreciate you clarifying that. Um, so you 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 go from the the, the, the working class roots. You do all the right things, right? You studied hard. You went to university. You got a good degree, and then you start uh, arguably one of the largest businesses in the world with mm -hmm. you know, in terms of PNC <coughs> yeah. and you've worked your way up over what was it nearly a 27 year career mm -hmm. how, how does somebody go from I mean you completed it right mm -hmm. you, you, you did you, I've got to partner at PwC there's really not much further I, I, I need to go in my career for somebody who's coming from mm -hmm. this um, this background mm -hmm. why then go I'm going into politics yeah so again the, the politics so throughout my uh I've been a, a member, a Labour, Labour Party member since I was a, yeah, a teenager. Mm. Um, politics has always been there in my life. Um, it's always mattered to me. Um, uh, and in a democracy, it needs to matter and it should matter. And it is one of the only ways we can make a difference. Um, so politics has always, always been there. Um, although in pursuing a professional career, obviously there's not a great opportunity to campaigning and, mm -hmm. and, and that part of the life. The life is is um put on the back burner a bit because you know uh businesses quite rightly are mostly yeah apolitical. A but um my my views and my values uh are were always reflected in what I did at PwC. Um and uh, in 2010 uh, the head of PwC asked me to uh, managed the firm's relationship with the Labour front bench. So okay. in five years, uh, between 2010 and 2015, I spent a good chunk of my week, a third of my week, working with uh, the, the Shadow Cabinet. Yeah. 
uh, quite very closely and I got to know people like Rachel Reeves who's had a shadow chancellor really well. Mm -hmm. uh, we ran a secondment programme and then in advance of the 2015 uh, January election I worked with a team of people that worked on uh, Labour's uh, preparations for office if yeah. we if we'd won if we if if Labour had won but we'd won in twenty fifteen and we didn't. Um yeah. so that work got me closer to political decision makers and exposed me to senior people in the party mm -hmm. and the process mm -hmm. we need to go through. and I kept close to those people yeah in the in the in the following five yeah, six years you had a little end didn't you but those people that they start off as clients, they start become friends and allies and confidants. Yeah. And um, and I was in a position then uh, where I uh, used some of that insight and skills and expertise to put the combined authority together. So my last big project at PwC was putting this combined authority together, mm -hmm. which wasn't about an overt political role, but it was about how to work with a set of leading politicians in this region, mostly the leads of councils, to get them together. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Sense of purpose and team. And the understanding of politics and the instincts and certainly the learning that um, I got through that that role working with the Labour front bench was incredibly helpful. So politics has always been there. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I left yeah. I left PwC to do some other things that I wanted to do, working in a small business, helping other businesses, and also gave me some more time to help Mm -hmm. help politicians um, outside of my our business. I've chaired for five or six years now, something called the Labour, the West Midlands Labour Finance and Industry Group. So I've chaired yeah. a business forum that has been a um, a bridge between Labour Party uh, and um, and um, and the business community. So in some ways, the step I'm making has been, what's well, it's a natural progression because mm -hmm. it's the first time I'm starting to campaign but for those people who know me and know me best, um, they weren't necessarily that surprised that I yeah, decided so to... It was always a case of when, it, not it. it, it yeah. Indeed. But, um, but I've been very, very lucky uh, through my life. Um, I've, through the education I've had and the career I've had, mm -hmm. I've been able to have choices about what I do in my life. And that's probably the biggest privilege anyone can have in life. Yeah, uh, most people don't have those choices. And... Um, and my views on the way in which this region is falling behind other regions, um, my views on the fact that I don't believe our current mayor is prioritising the right issues for people across the region. Okay. Um, my experience and insight and understanding about how important and effective regional governments could be mm -hmm. under a different style of leadership and approach was ultimately my primary motivation for yeah making this yeah this, no, this, this big yeah. what i would say is what i'm doing now i am learning a new profession and it is probably the hardest thing i've done yeah in my life so certainly not being yeah indeed absolutely okay no, that like well that brings me on to i had a handful of questions mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. our um, audience had sent in so one of one of those lines in really well right now right so um you, you talk about <coughs> kind of the, your, your campaign pledges and things that the, that the current mayor is not looking at. So um, the campaign pledges that I picked out seem to be kind of really the ones that you, you honed in on was abolishing low-paying jobs, rogue landlords and, and affordable housing, mm. uh, revitalising our high streets and cheaper and controlled public transport. Yeah. So why are those the things that you've got? This is where yeah, the yeah. issues are. So we we've talked to lots of people around this region mm -hmm. um we've uh critiqued um the performance of this region and and and, and the current uh, tory mayor and we've looked at the things within the powers of a mayor that that can be changed yeah. for the better so those 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 drive those 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 priorities and those priorities were um, they've, they've they've proved um, that their resilience and relevance um, in a number of ways. Firstly, they were the key themes in my initial selection because I had to go through a, a selection process with the Labour yeah. Party to get here, and they've remained yeah we we remained core to the the the, the, the agenda today, um, and they stem from the fact that there are a number of major 
uh, areas of responsibility for the mayor, in mm-hmm. my view, that um, are not working effectively or, is, or, or in the right way for the people in this region. And I want to talk up this region, its potential, um, but you can only understand the gap that you need to bridge and the direction you truly need to go in and the pace at which you need to make change. Mm-hmm. You can only do that if you are honest um, about the challenges that we face today. Okay. And, and uh, there are three things I will say that um, that we need to address is an absolute priority of which... All so the, all how, excuse my ignorance yeah, on this, yeah, yeah. How, how does a mayor um, impact low-paying jobs? How, how do okay, you change okay, that? Okay, so, um, so we'll start off with some context. This region is performing worse economically than any other region in the country. Okay, so a recent um, report by Demos, a think tank and PwC, my old employers, they 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 every year they produce a good growth index and do a report Mm -hmm. on them. This region um, sits one off the bottom of the league table of sixteen devolved regions. Yet fifteenth out of sixteen, only the Tees Valley is performing worse on this this good growth balance scorecard. And then just before the Christmas holiday period, um, the New Britain think tank um, produced a report on the performance of local authority places across the country. Mm-hmm. And um, we had, uh, of all the local authorities nationally, we had four parts of this region uh, performing um, in, the, in the top 15 worth. So, that, worse. so this region has become, if you like, the, uh, using largely their words rather than mine, you know, the regional capital of broken Britain. Yep. Now, and when you, and when we look at what's underlying that um, poor economic performance, um, there is something around uh, the, the the challenges businesses face on the ground, and primarily smaller businesses. And I'll come mm-hmm. back to that. But we've also got our current mayor, our current Tory mayor, has failed to turn the dial on some of the most important social economic metrics in this region. We still have we have the highest proportion of people of working age not being economically active than any other region. We have um, in some parts of this region almost twenty four percent of the people working with very low skills or mm-hmm. no skills at all, and people in that position are damned to a life not just today almost forever of low pay, and they mm-hmm. suffer all the anxieties and vulnerabilities that go with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's reflected in the fact that this region's performance is driven by uh, those challenges. And it's reflected in the fact that we have um, our, our levels of productivity here trail national averages between 12 and 14 percent. And that undermines the competitiveness of the region. So my priority mm-hmm. and is to invest as much as we can an absolute commitment to it uh, into uh, skills, education and learning, particularly for young people, um, so that we can give them the best opportunity to access better jobs, better paid jobs. And when I talk to employers... That's not abolishing low-paid jobs, though, is it? um, Because those low-paid jobs uh, still uh, exist. It's it's upskilling those doing those low-paid jobs into a... But somebody still needs to do those low-paid jobs. Well, there are... Well, there are... There will always be, uh, you know, jobs that are lower-paid than others, but my priority is to create as many higher-paid jobs as we can in this region, and the only way we can do that is providing people the access to the skills that they need. Yep. To access those jobs at the moment, but that's again that's a very layered um, pr- um, issue, right? Because what what our children are learning in school mm, mm. is is almost irrelevant in the real world. Mm. In the the majority of Gen X and uh, sorry Gen Z that you speak to, know nothing about how taxation works, know nothing about how the economy works, know nothing about how banking and overdrafts work. That's all things and mortgages and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. That's all things they learn when they leave the schooling system. Yeah. You know, they know how many wives Henry had. Mm-hmm. You know, they know when the Battle of Hastings was, mm-hmm. but they don't know anything so, that, that's kind of applicable to the real world. So how how again, how does a mayor okay, um, okay. Like, so, kind of so, impact those yeah, things? So I don't have direct responsibility for the the, 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 the the school system, but my priority, and I'm pleased it's a priority of the Labour Party and mm-hmm. and certainly Bridget Phillips and her team, um, is 
to make 16 to 18 education yep an, an absolute priority that that is the point in in the lives of young people when they start to truly learn those skills mm -hmm. that, that are preparing them That's to completely agree with that, yeah. um if i had resources i would get more mentoring into skills schools to ensure those the people that haven't got that support around them get it and understand what's possible mm -hmm. and we have to find a new way to inspire and motivate people um, and give them the aspirations they need to succeed so they can truly come from any part of this region yeah mm -hmm. and achieve yeah mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. the very best for themselves um my primary uh, well my area well my, my, one of my primary areas of focus is addressing those fault lines in our society okay. that prevent people making the most of of their lives simply because they're unable to access the, the opportunities that have got the prospect to, to making a difference i don't believe there's any other way in the short medium long term we can improve the outcomes for people in this region or the prospects of people in this region unless we address the fault lines in the skills and learning system that doesn't provide them I, I, with what I, I they need to agree. make a success I, and you know when you've got policy being passed to tax low-income people who are supplementing their income by selling things on ebay and vintage mm. and just trying to to, to make <clears> a um you know a side hustle culture is what they call it yeah. you know when the tax man's coming after those people and not the ones that are avoiding tax right at this side yeah. I, I i agree that yeah. the, the system needs but, to to, to, but, to but, amend but I, my, my, my concern i suppose is that it seems as though and rightfully you've identified that there is a an issue with um our region being a low-paid region, but fundamentally, how do you how, how are you driving? How are you going to then drive investment okay. to the Midlands okay. region? Okay. So, from discussions I had many years ago at PwC with senior politicians, it was always fascinating for me when we used to have board discussions and get politicians in. There was always a concern that uh, amongst uh, a number of us at PwC that we would get dragged into a debate about taxation yep uh, and i can tell you those chief execs and chairs of those businesses primarily were concerned about skills could they access yep the mm -hmm. skills they needed to build their businesses so yeah. i'm not going to be complacent enough to say that you know once we've you know driven you know uh, or improved the skill system yep or, or you know um yeah that, that's the end of it it's not we've also got to work incredibly hard to ensure that we both attract businesses here and we build businesses here. So mm -hmm. um, I want this region to be the best place to do business in the mm -hmm. UK. Mm -hmm. um, and I'll say a bit about that because it is um, incredibly important. The current mayor has got something called the West Midlands Growth Company um, that is supported by the local authorities here and from the mayor's office. It is focused almost exclusively mm -hmm. on, inward, on inward investment. Now, inward investment is important, um, but I want it to change its focus. I want it to work with family businesses, with entrepreneurs, and with small and medium-sized enterprises mm -hmm. across this region, so we help them grow and develop and succeed, so we build our economy from the bottom up and the inside out. So alongside this commitment to investing in skills, mm -hmm. you know, giving people and particularly young people in this region the best opportunity we can to succeed and make the most of their lives i want the other institutions to work differently too and one of them is the west midlands growth company and uh, it has um it needs to have relevance and resonance across the whole region the way that it doesn't have yeah. now and that we've got 350 or 360,000 small businesses across this region um most of them would not know about the growth company and most of them would be invisible to, to the growth company. Um, we also need to look at ways in which we can improve um, the pace at which businesses that want to get to work here get the support that they need. So mm -hmm. some of that is around training skills. And I've met some businesses, um, some great tech businesses in the region recently that can't want to recruit two or three thousand people over the next few years there's not a college in the region training people in the skills they need and when i talk to the principals of those colleges they say the government doesn't give us enough money to run those courses and we can't even run those courses if we had the money because the teachers and lecturers that we need are now going back into industry where they can get 
more money. So we need to address that that fault line. Um, I mean, accept that. The, the, the However, yeah, just, just yeah, to yeah, challenge yeah. that a little bit, mm-hmm. in, 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 yeah. if you don't mind. Mm-hmm. Um, companies like, and there are alternatives, but mm-hmm. School of Code exists, mm-hmm. uh, where it's set up by a individual or a group of people, companies that have come together mm-hmm. that will train in tech, yep. you know, people yep. who are later learners, mm-hmm. nothing to do with government initiative, nothing, no, there's no financial backing provided. Yep. It's all done as from a from a business model, right? Mm-hmm. So is is it that maybe the the, the systems uh, are outdated, right? Because if a business yeah, I, I completely agree, if I want to grow my my business regionally uh, and I want to hire three thousand devs in Birmingham, that's gonna be a tall order. You know, or in the wider region of Birmingham, not just Birmingham. But we are also a global economy now. We have also gone, you know, we went digital overnight mm-hmm. during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we've very much proven that you don't need a localised workforce anymore. So, you know, it really kind of, d- does that not almost fly in the face of the... I, I, I don't think it does because those those businesses want to grow here and they're based here. And unless we can um, ensure they can access the skills here, they will go somewhere else. Yeah. So we need to ensure those businesses yeah, can access the skills they need to grow and develop their businesses here. Otherwise, they're pretty footloose. They could they, they could go anywhere. So um and one of the reasons one of the ways in which you can make any region or place or city or borough uh competitive, attractive to businesses is having a workforce there that meets their needs. So that is that's the priority. We need to ensure those businesses are, and the people in those businesses have the support in place and the infrastructure they mm-hmm. need to change. So, um, and whether that's a business wanting to relocate here from uh, a, another region or outside the region, or even if there's a business in this region that needs a new site to grow and develop, we need to ensure that they're getting the support that they need. And mm-hmm. we have a planning system that, that recognises that. And local authorities are under immense resource pressures at the moment. And... Yeah, and it's often the planning department that suffers a part of that. Yep, and, mm-hmm. uh, and um, one of the things I will be doing um, when I sit down with uh, the leaders of the councils again is just looking at a way in which, you know, my office, if I'm there, can support local authorities with resources or additional support of expertise to ensure that we never lose an opportunity to help locate a business here or help it grow and develop. Yeah, along a path that um, path it needs as quickly as possible, mm-hmm, simply mm-hmm. because bureaucracy or public administration or and or planning isn't working mm-hmm. in council in the most the most aligned way. Okay, um, and lots of my discussions with businesses today have been how we can. And not, not, I'm not someone who wants to intervene something and change it just for the sake of it, but. And I don't want to be a heavy-handed mayor. I want to spend my time removing some of the obstacles that prevent business working as effective it needs to in this region and ensure it gets the help and support it needs to succeed. Okay. On that, then, look, we we all accept small businesses are kind of the backbone of the economy, right? (laughs) One of the questions that that kept coming in uh, was... What are your views on why were small business owners and contractors outside of our 35, why were we left behind during the pandemic? We didn't get the support. We, there was no furlough for me. There was no support from the government. There was loans available that I'm, I have to pay back. No, you know, There was no kind of, it'll be okay. It was, yeah, tough shit. My recruitment business overnight went from having 15 temps running out and like 20 vacancies in pipeline to absolutely zero. So why were we left behind? In, in what's the Labour view on on that? Yeah, what's your yeah, view on? Yeah, that? yeah. So I'm not going to be an apologist for the failures of the yeah that the current government government or nor should you be right? No, so, indeed. Yeah. Um, or the fact that they made yeah they got some of their priorities wrong during during, during that time and they've left you know this region particularly has found it really really hard to recover simply because there are so many small yeah and family mm-hmm. owned business here that struggled during that time yeah. and didn't get the support they need uh i can't remedy those failures of the past no. but what labor is committed to do is is supporting um is, is supporting small businesses going in the future one of the 
one of the areas I think that is going to be incredibly helpful is the plans for a future reform of business rates, for example. Mm -hmm. And um, and uh, Johnny Reynolds, Labour's uh, shadow business secretary, has made commitments around that. And uh, hopefully work will start as soon as Labour are elected about reforming that. Um, and not only by the reform of business rates can we look at ways of relieving a burden on small mm -hmm. businesses, which is a a a, a massive um, a massive burden for many of them, but it will be you know a very effective way also about renewing, regenerating, and giving new life to many of our high streets because they will become more viable. But there's more there's more to Labour's plan than 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 just business rates. The, the investments we want to make into uh, the green economy mm -hmm. and that green transition, yeah, mm -hmm. and ensuring that we not just invest in skills and the end product, like a retrofitting product, but we also support the growth of businesses and supply chains to allow that to happen, yeah. Great opportunities for people and businesses in this region, yeah, mm -hmm. to, to learn and develop new skills to succeed. And that, sure, and the comments when you've got a, a workforce that's skilled in, enough in, to in, be in, able to cater in, for such a need. Indeed, indeed. And indeed. if we do those things in the right way, we will also improve our energy security and we'll see some of those bills coming down that are damaging, yeah, mm -hmm. and, um, yeah, uh, business. I went into a, a butcher's at the weekend, uh, I was doing some cooking for some friends on Sunday, and, um, he was telling me that, you know, his bills have gone up from, you know, £700 a month to £3,000. I mean, how does a small business... It's not sustainable. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it's... Um, and, uh, and you know, he asked me exactly the question, you know, Richard, yeah, what would you be doing? Now, um, and part of my role as a mayor is not just to use those hard powers of mayor where I've got some direct responsibilities mm -hmm. for things. I've talked a bit about some of those already. But it is how to use the influence that you have with other key stakeholders, both across this region, mm -hmm. um, but also in Westminster. Yeah. So we start to get the best deal for this region. Mm -hmm. um, now, what I also want to do for business uh, and for businesses of all sizes um, is every six to eight weeks, take cohorts of, of business people from this region to spend half a day in Whitehall and Westminster, meeting some civil servants and then some politicians so we can talk about the region, meet them face to face mm -hmm. um, so that we can have some of the conversations so these people can start to have a better understanding of some of the challenges we face. So um, and I've that is necessary in my view because I don't believe, I think we're being left behind in this region. I've talked about that already. Mm -hmm. um, and I think we need to promote this region a lot more effectively in those corridors of power. And um, I am concerned that there's a risk that having, you know, an HS2 line that will do nothing for this region but travel from, you know, uh, Old Oak Common to, to uh, you know, furthest to Broome City Centre. There will maybe people in London who think we've had our transport settlement now and that's going to be it for the next 10 years. And actually HS2 will do nothing for this place. And absolutely no. do nothing for, for Coventry given its, its line. So we need to take that message there's something else I want to say about the approach, and this will hopefully fit, fits together, is that we currently have um, a mayor who has a set of aims and objectives that, in my view, are almost independent, independent and separate from the priorities of the people and places of this region. So I want my priorities to be built bottom up. Yep. So yeah, I'm talking okay. to community groups, I'm talking to businesses, I'm talking to council leaders, I'm talking to universities i'm talking to folks who run fe colleges and community groups in the third sector mm -hmm. understanding what those some of those priorities are and building our priorities for the region bottom up so and that's not me just being passive so by saying all oh, my all my priorities seem to be going to be an aggregation of everyone else's but what i'm looking for is have some alignment so there is an, a clear understanding about what we're seeking to do in this region mm -hmm. and there is the best possible fit with all those other institution agencies because the only way we can lift this region uh, out of the you know the, um, the the current situation that it's in where it's falling behind and failing is if the key institutions are working collectively and collaboratively very clearly on a, an agenda for change and transformation and 
they are all working, yep, mm -hmm. singularly and collectively toward, towards it. Um, this is not, this can never simply be a mayoral project. It has to be a project about how we all work together to lift the West Midlands. Understood. No, that's fair. And, and I mean, you clearly do believe it, but you, you genuinely believe that's possible, that um, level of collaborative effort. I do. I've seen it already. So I've had... I've spent, In probably the destruction of the country, but not... I've spent the last 18 months um, travelling across this region, yeah. hundreds and hundreds of meetings, um, from community groups to parish councils to... Um, to local authority leaders, to MPs, to large businesses, small businesses, um, young people, old people. Um, uh, they all want better outcomes for their, their, their places and their communities. And, and I would, um, and, you know, what we're seeking to do um, is, you know, is not just a result of me saying this is the way we're going to do it. It's actually built on, yeah the outcome and the output and the content of those those conversations okay. and, the, and the recognition that there are the West Midlands is a complex place very diverse communities and parts of what parts of the region with very very different needs but there are a set of views and values yep yeah, um and um and commitments and principles that will hold us together but it is only by working together yep yeah, with a set of a, a common purpose that we can ever make the inroads into some of those uh, those challenges uh, and some of those disadvantages mm -hmm. um, that that hold many people in this region back, and that's important because the people in this region that are suffering most are people from the poorest parts of the region and those people living in the poorest communities, and we can't change the prospects of this region. All the people in this region, unless, as I said before, we address some of those. Those is there a framework or an example that you can think of where a local um, council has successfully done that? Um, well, I think I think many of them do their best, but uh, the the challenge local authorities face is that they've been denuded of resources over the last ten years, no, and they are largely, you know doing their best to stop people in places. They try to do the doors open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. um, what we need to do is have a, and this is, yeah, I think, one of the reasons mayors were, the role mayors were created, is not just being this this conduit between you know, regions and, and Westminster and Whitehall, but it is about joining forces. So we align, we can better align priorities region-wide. Now, mm -hmm. um, and... There are responsibilities uh, for the wider region that the mayor has, that individual council leaders have. And there are issues like, uh, in my view, skills and training and learning, particularly post-16 education, that we are far, uh, it's far, can be far more effectively addressed and aligned to our economic needs by approaching them on a regional level. So, but so I don't think there's you know, necessarily some, there may be out there some good examples. And there, there are some local authorities and this one here in Coventry has done some great work with, with some of its young and employed people. I know Wolverhampton and Birmingham uh, have, have done similar. But what is important is that everything I do that impacts the people and places in this region has to be done working in consort with mm -hmm. those local authority leaders. Yep. Mm -hmm. And that is something that doesn't happen now either. So, um, and I took, uh, with my team, we had uh, an away day with all the Labour leaders across the region okay. uh, just before Christmas. And we discussed policy priorities. Um, and I think we've got almost complete alignment or complete alignment on those. But it is also... I would say equally importantly about how we'll work together about those behaviours, how in positions of leadership we will work together to affect change. No, that's fair. No, yeah, that's fair. So moving on to one of the one of the uh, reoccurring themes that was coming through in the questions uh, from our, our listeners was around your um, your economic forecast for the next year, year and a half, heading into two years. Obviously, there's, there's, it's. I mean, right now, it's difficult to predict what the next three months will look like, right? Yeah, but yeah. 
do do you have access to any information um, um, anything um, you can share with our listeners to kind of either so, let them know um do they need to rein it in is it balls out go for it what, what, what are we doing okay there? so uh <clears throat> your, your listeners might be pleased to know that i don't have um <laughs> i don't have a forecast and i've not got sort of that um you know an economic team around me currently so um i'm largely depending uh, dependent on learning and reading and, and listening to yeah um, right, yeah, yeah. um what is you know um we have to get back to growth we've not had growth for close to 10 years in this country mm-hmm. um and some of the most profound challenges we face are simply a function of the fact that we've not had growth so i'm not saying in the old days but under labor governments we used to get you know uh two and a half percent a year for economic growth we always thought we should be doing better but we've had close to 10 years of no growth at all mm. um the compound impact of that yeah, yeah. close to probably you know 30 percent in total um and the lack of that growth is you know one of the, the is 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 driving some of the profound challenges we've had we have to get back we have to get back to growth um and uh and i'm really um and we need to get back to growth and we need to get back to a position where people in this region on the back of that and the opportunities that growth uh, provides see themselves of, you know, having hope about their lives can be better, uh, that their families have a you know, better future here and the places they live have a better future too. It's only through growth that we do that. I will be working and do my best within this region um, to deliver that growth and with the Labour government and the commitment that it's got to a green prosperity plan mm-hmm. to um, of, of, of driving housing investment and housing growth, and its commitment to investing in skills, I think we can actually t- turn the corner and get back to a growth trajectory. In terms of, um, you know, sadly, um, you know, the current OBR forecasts and other forecasts uh, over the next 12 months uh, will seem to indicate that, you know, without a change of government, yeah, We've got the next 12 months are going to be rather the same as the, the last 24 yeah. or 36 months. And my they own... seems to be running away from the con- the idea of a May election, though, don't they? Uh, well, it, it's interesting. So um, I think all of us in Labour say bring it on, the earlier the better. And I think course, the, yeah. the, the people out there would I mean, like most it. Most of the countries, then, um, Yeah, I mean, the, the Prime Minister made some comments um, uh, about you know the election being in the second half of the year. Um, that ultimately him and his close allies and any people can can, can decide. Mm-hmm. Um, most of us believe that, you know, without any clear sense of direction of travel, without any hope that the Tories have got for the country, you know, um, he's got responsibility to have the general election earlier rather than later. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got an election, a mayor election on the 2nd of May. You know, I, I'd be... Um, you know, I, I'd love the Prime Minister to go early, um, put the elections behind us, and then we mm-hmm. can go into the, the the second half of the year um, uh, with, with the change that we need. But mm-hmm. it's within his gift, and we just have to see what happens. In respect of that, you know, we're working, me and my team are working, you know, full out, um, uh, on the, you know, uh, focusing on the election that I've got on the 2nd of May. Mm-hmm. And... Um, we're working relentlessly, um, and we know that it's only hard work, and the harder we work, uh, the harder the turnout we can secure, and if we secure the turnout we need, I'm confident that we can, yeah, for the first time in this region, I think that's have, the key, have a Labour map. It, uh, yeah, I think that's the, that, a lot of that, uh, uh, maybe a generational thing, I know a lot of my generation kind of talk a lot about politics now because of where we are in our age group, but... Uh, I also know a lot of my um, group of of kind of acquaintances and friends don't vote. Yeah, yeah, they just don't yeah. because then they assume that somebody else will do the yeah, vote that yeah. they want them to do, and that's how we end up. With, and, and 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 it's yeah. and it's and it's it's a big challenge. Um, and much one of the reasons I went, you know, I did this is because I truly believe democracy matters, and it is through elected office we can change things. Okay. Um, it's responsibility for people like me and others to prove to people that politics does matter and can make a change but um on doorsteps across the region i've i've heard you know you know a level of skepticism about politics that is that is, is concerning and 
you know, the most common view uh, for those people that may have voted for, for Labour before, you know, 2015, um, back Brexit, back Boris Johnson's governments, feel let down by both, mm -hmm. and particularly mm -hmm. the behaviours of the Conservatives um, during Covid, mm -hmm. and as a consequence, you know, have said, you're all the same, we're not going to, yeah, to vote anymore, and... I've had people... That generation also remember the Labour government that came before the current, right? So that's understandable from that perspective. We also have a, an entire new generation of voters yeah. that during this current government have become a voting age yeah. and are getting their information from different sources and different news sources. Yeah. Um, and that's shaping kind of their decision-making process, right? So... If you're going, like, go, I mean, going door to door, you're never going to speak to many Gen Z. Um, but how how are you? I mean, I obviously can't talk for the Labour Party, but how how are you trying to reach out and talk to that 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 Gen Z um, group who are disgruntled, who are they don't see prospects and actually don't know anything different, short of the Tory government? Yeah. So there are. We'll be you know, building out a social media campaign to reach uh, some of those people. I've got some very bright people from uh, all of the commu our communities across Midlands, West Midlands helping me yeah, mm -hmm. on that some of that messaging. Um, I'm travelling across the region as much as I can, speaking to as many people as possible. And um, I would be developing a manifesto that sets out my priorities and the commitment I want to make and will make to young people very, very clearly. And I've already, I said a bit about that this morning. Mm -hmm. um, um, and I'll come back to it. Um, we've got to give people hope that their lives can be better. And uh, and we've got to address the concerns they have um, uh, and the lack of prospects many feel they have. And we can only do that if we can give them access to the tools they need to have choices about what they do and they can access the skills mm -hmm. and the learning the training they need to succeed in life and i come back to it that is my number one priority um one of the things i would like to do uh you know it, once i've gone through the current access talks and we look at the books of of, of the command authority is look at in every way in which we can free up resources to start to invest in mm -hmm. young people and you know, whether that's, you know, increase the courses they can access, the opportunities available to them and and help help them create route maps that allow them to have uh, a sense of greater purpose and give them access to the opportunities they need to succeed. Um, the, you know... The, 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 the problem is that the carrot on that stick mm. just isn't there anymore, mm -hmm. right? It certainly was for my generation. Mm -hmm. It certainly was for some of um, the the more older Gen Z. Yeah. But when there's stats and they're hearing things like the average 34-year-old still lives at home with their parents and the average price of a house is you know, up there and the average salary is down here and they live in a region yes. where... They're one of the lowest paid people working. Okay, yeah. So you, you've 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 managed to get me a a train a college that will take me on for a, a software dev course, and I could in theory earn fifty grand a year, sixty grand a year. But what's the point? Like, like that. This is this is the mentality that we're talking about. What's the point? Why do I need to? Why should I commit my time, my energy, my efforts to that? To earn 50 to 60 grand a year to what? Buy a house that's not, I'm never going to be able to buy. I drive a car that I can't learn to drive. You know, Johnny, it's sort of... I do. Um, so, the other... Yeah, the, the, yeah so this the commitment to young people isn't just about for, for my, you know, having access to skills. Without that, their prospects for, you know, succeeding are limited. Yeah? But we do... Um, look, Labour have done it nationally. I will make yeah, as much of a commitment I can into building more housing and more affordable housing and more suitably rented housing. Um, we've got to find ways in which we can give those people um, a sense of purpose, the aspiration, motivation to achieve. Mm -hmm. um, some of the things are quite difficult. Um, we probably need a, a dec decade of renewal to address some of those things. What we can't afford to do is in a situation where you know, the region is young as this, to have, you know, so many young people, you know, feeding that way. Just disengaged, and, yeah. And becoming disengaged. Um, yeah, yeah. And 
Um, I'm, you know, I put an old-fashioned approach to this. I think work is a good thing. I think we're social beings and social animals. Um, it can be, if you're in the right work and enjoying it, it's fantastic for mm -hmm. self-esteem and self-belief and confidence. Mm -hmm. And and it is truly the best way in which you can make the most of your life. Doing yeah. a job that is well-paid, you find personally rewarding and gives you the opportunity to make choices about what you do. And that is my primary um, objective. What the I cannot do that alone. I've got to work with um you know all those you know progressive people, institutions and forces in the region to turn the dial on this. Mm -hmm. And it is you know, um and, and it and it's become the, the biggest responsibility that that uh, that falls on me. And the only way to do it is working collectively to address some of those concerns. And that's why when there have been announcements about the current mayor has made announcements about a thousand fintech jobs in the region or you know, a thousand civil servant jobs being created, I've said every job is welcome, but how many of those jobs are going to be available to young people living, learning, mm. yeah, um, um, or being schooled in this region today? And I've never get an answer to those to those questions. Um so not only do we need to put that investment in, we've got to ensure that when those jobs are being created here, they are, as far as possible, um, being filled by people and young people from from this region. Yeah, yeah. And, a, and an achievable prospect for people yeah, living yeah, here, indeed, right? Indeed, indeed, yeah. Do you, do you agree that trust is going to play a big part of kind of the challenges that Labour faces for the next... Sort of, if 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 we to, if we were to fast forward, mm. if there's a general election called, mm. all things go in the way that kind of you hope they will, and Labour are in. Yeah. Trust. How important and how <coughs> pivotal do you think that's going to be? Rebuilding of that trust. Um, it is pivotal, um, and it's when I speak to those voters and, and uh, admittedly some older voters, um, they're um. They become cynical about politics because they've yeah they've stopped trusting politicians and mm. um now uh i'm not i'm not a politician so um uh so i hope i start off you know um being perceived slightly differently but trust is important mm. and that's but trust is how do you build trust you trust you build trust by having honest open conversations about you know the world as it is and mm. what to do with it um without fabrication about making lots of promises or you know the Boris Johnson boosterism about you know telling people tales about what's going to be like and it's never going to be like so we need to get back to some you know some you know, you know a full resilient robust discourse about you know but fundamentally with, trust is built uh, over time yeah, right yeah, but, but and and through a demonstration so, of deliverable behavior and yeah, deliverable promises it, it is but you start off with a you have to start with a, a, a recognition of where you are now. If you if you fail to have a proper assessment about where we are now, mm -hmm. um, you can never do that because uh, then then um, it is about how we build the route map to get to where we want to do want okay. to go to. So the work I'm doing, and this is where I hope that my my approach to building trust is being really clear about. I'm open and honest about the challenges we face today. Yeah, okay. people feel it. Yeah, every day. Yeah, they're feeling worse off, not better off. Mm. Um, they see advantages for their children. Yeah, reducing, not increasing. And they see, you know, any elderly people they're responsible for. Yeah, the cost of their lives. Yeah, getting worse, not better. We saw honest conversations about where we are now, and we set some deliverable targets about where we want to get to. And the work I'm doing around the region. And the bit about trust is then working with people across our communities, with some of the key institutions, uh, mm -hmm. organisations that, um, that that have other responsibilities, to build out that route map and that plan of delivery that gets us there. That is the only way to do it. Now, um, and we have honest conversations about that journey, about what needs to be done to get there. Mm -hmm. And we talk openly honestly about the challenges we face um, without coming up with spurious reasons about why things haven't been done or delivered. Uh, and 
delivery, and you're quite right, um, ultimate that trust is around you know those people elected to lead and empower delivering on their promises and um and that is what you know i know in my position i have to i have to do and i'm absolutely committed to and mm. um what i recognize though is if i'm going to deliver on those promises uh, i need the key people who lead our communities and some of the large organizations that invest you know lots of money here working to yeah the very similar agenda mm -hmm. uh, because we need all these forces for good mm -hmm. uh, progressive forces working together to achieve to achieve those aims if we can do that we can make a make it make make a big difference to people yeah in this place yeah no understood understood yeah well that's fair any closing comments anything you'd like our listeners to to be aware of things that you want to kind of cover no, that we haven't necessarily covered off um well well, firstly, thank you for inviting me, and uh, it's been a, you know, really enjoyed the, the, the discussion, the conversation. We had some very, very good questions, um, and many of them, also, many of them are um, yeah, are, are quite complicated uh, uh, to, to answer at this point. But mm -hmm. I hope I've set, uh, given a sense of my priorities. The the bit I would uh, re re reiterate in terms of the challenges we face uh, in the West Midlands is that. Very few people in this region see themselves as coming from the West Midlands, so we need to give this place electorally some identity. If you, if um, if you ask people on the doorstep where they come from, they'll say the city, the town, the borough, the place. Yeah. They'll say UK, Great Britain, yeah. probably Europe and the Northern Hemisphere before mm -hmm. they say the West Midlands. So, this part of my project is about how we can give this region a greater sense of purpose than it mm -hmm. is now, and we have a current mayor who is seen and perceived to be far too Birmingham-centric. So one of the things I'm doing is not only ensuring that my key policies are relevant across the whole region, mm -hmm. um, but I also recognise those differences. And it's why one of my first commitments, even before I got into policy, was saying that I want a base in Coventry mm -hmm. um, and a base in the black country. So I want to be a mayor who is accessible, visible and accountable across the whole region mm -hmm. um and i truly want to spend as little time behind the desk yeah as possible and, yeah. and to be out there yeah, meeting people um addressing concerns and you know my responsibility is to put a great team in place in my office who will help with yeah the follow-through yeah, and, 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 yeah. and the delivery on the ground so no thank you um for inviting me i've really enjoyed the discussions great set of questions and, um, well, thank, thank you for giving up your time really do appreciate no, that but, no, really uh, enjoyed it yeah this has been good um i will forward you across any of the sort of follow-up comments and best of luck for the uh the elections in may um i mean it sounds like you've got well, the, the right sort of campaign going so uh, yeah if there's anything we can do to support do let us know fingers crossed now thanks very yeah. much and really enjoyed it brilliant cheers thanks guys for listening to another episode of rec talk Okay, thank you. Look at that. That's good. That's that was right? really good, yeah. yeah. Oh, good, good. No, thank you. That means I'm stretching. Yeah, no, no, no. It's good. No, it's good. I think it's quite, it seems quite chatty, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. It went very well, I think. <laughs>